Hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC, Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com or on Facebook at Saddies LLC and tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. Welcome to the Mobile Hunter Podcast. Our mission is simple. We want to help you become a better hunter. We believe that mobility kills and efficiency will set you free. Welcome to the Mobile Hunter Podcast. My name is Rick Cates, and you are back with us for another episode of Anatomy of a Miss. And tonight, I have a very special guest. You may have heard him on uh, previous episodes with us. We have Mr. Shane Parker of November Warrior Outdoors. How are you doing tonight, Shane? Doing well, Rick. How are y'all doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Busy, but, you know, this is, uh, I always enjoy uh, getting to sit down and talk deer hunting and and uh even even in these situations where we're talking about something that can be a a little bit rough to talk about it still uh makes me yearn for the season more and more yes sir uh you know i'm I'm always ready to talk about deer hunting good bad or ugly it doesn't matter to me it's it you know season's over so we got to have something to, to 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 cruise that time into turkey season and Nothing better to do it than to hash out uh, things you did good and things you did bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I guess let, let's go ahead and uh, jump kind of into this. Uh, you, like you told me, there's, there's, there's ones that stick out in your mind, but uh, there's, there's, there's deer hunts that stick out in your mind, and then there's deer hunts that stick out in your mind. So uh, I'm, I was I'm wondering if you can uh, kind of start us off with uh, whichever one you want to start with, uh, I'll, uh, you know, dealer's choice here for yourself. But g- give give our audience an idea of, uh, you know, you c- said you had two that kind of stick out. Uh, let's pick one of them and move forward with that. And then we'll hit the other one on the way out. All right. Yeah, that'll work. we'll start out with uh, probably um I, I, this was back in the the mid 90s um uh, so i was still a young hunter uh back then um i think i'd probably been deer hunting for um going on about i don't know i think this was in 96 or 97 so i had been deer hunting for almost 10 years uh i was up in my um i think i was like 21 or 22 my older than that and we were going to a big piece of public, a group of us, um, and we had we had hunted this this uh, this piece of public for three or four years. Um, it was in South Alabama. Uh, okay. It's known for known for big bucks. We had uh, uh, we had had history with a big deer on this uh, on this piece of uh, piece of public, and this piece of public no longer exists. It, it got sold off, and and so on and so forth. But uh, it held a really high number of, of bigger deer um, and we had had like I said three or four years of 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 hunting this one particular buck um, mm-hmm. and we had um, we had had two or three encounters with it in both season 
uh, being a buddy of mine that I, that I was hunting with. Uh, this is when I was going to college. He was like a, um, a guy I grew up with, and, and, and we would travel around and hunt a couple different places in, in Alabama. And um, we kind of stumbled upon this area. I'd hunted it years before. Uh, it's just a kind of a kind of a, a swampy mess area, and I, I knew when we walked in there, it had big duck, big you know, big sign, and everything we looked for, thick cover, everything. So mm-hmm. we in the year previous uh, that that there was a good buck in there. And this is before the days of trail cameras, anything like that. So we didn't have a clue what what it really was. So um, this was the year before the mess. So okay. Uh, I guess it was the last week of bow season. We jumped the buck walking in, in the dark. Um, and it was at that time, the biggest buck I'd ever seen. Um, I don't know exactly probably what it grossed in, probably in the mid one seventies, one upper oh, wow. one. So it was, it was a giant buck and we jumped it. Um, Never got a shot. We never saw it again. We hunted two or three times that season. Uh, never saw it again. Um, buddy of ours went down and hunted a, uh, during a gun hunt there, same area, and didn't see the buck either. But um, I guess he ran to somebody said, you know, I think somebody shot at the deer, you know, missed it, whatever. Um, so we come out here. We've done all of our scouting um, and had buck still in the same place. Bo hunted it. Uh, I had the buck within about 60 yards of me during both season. And this was back in the days where 60 yard shot was, there was no way, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, it's not, not like it is today, but, um, and it was, it was much bigger than that. That deer at that time was probably pushing 185, 190. So Whoa. it was just double drop time. It had everything. It had, it had all the character you want. This buck had everything. So, uh, saw it during bow season, and um, like I said, about 60 yards away, it fed through some, um, like a little oak flat that I was hunting on. Uh, come back, um, the second gun hunt on this area, they, they just had set, where the gun hunt set up, it, this this public, you can only gun hunt it uh, two or three days. So they have a two or three day hunt or a two day hunt, I think, that time on the weekend. And it might be all for two or three weeks, and you come back again, it might be another two two or three day hunt. And these were kind of spaced out to the year. So we got toward the rut. We missed the first gun hunt, came back for the second gun hunt. And that was where everything kind of went sideways, uh, was that second gun hunt. And it was during the time that they were kind of going into rut there. Uh, so it was a cruising phase. And we go in early that morning, and me and a buddy, uh, we on this the creek bank basically where the deer was working in there it was just kind of running this creek bank uh and it split uh it split a big swamp and basically a uh, big cutover big humongous cutover like three or four hundred acres they cut over uh and he'd grown back up probably knee, probably over knee high and oh wow okay it was just a massive massive like cutover it had a couple of smz's and things like that in it but it was just a massive cutover right up against the swamp and that creek kind of split it. So we were just sitting, um, basically looking up and down the creek. And I guess it was probably 30 or 40 minutes after legal shooting light, uh, a doe come running up the creek. And the creek banks were, you know, maybe uh, seven foot high, you know. Uh, water in it was knee deep. She come right up the middle of the creek. 
um, she got to a 10 yard from me and just, just hung out. Um, she was posing like she was, something was trailing her. So I just kept looking down, down the creek and sure enough, this buck comes off of the trail that I, that we thought he was coming out. He had a bunch of rugs on the trail. This buck comes out, uh, pops in the creek. Um, and I put the scope up on him like, that's the buck we're after, you know, and he's, he's trailing this doe and I've got the winds, you know, crosswind for me. Uh, no, he can't smell me, you know, anything like that. It's perfect. He's like 65 yards, 70 yards away and he's closing the distance. And I literally, so just so shook, uh, that for the first 20 yards, he closed the distance to me. I couldn't even find him in the scope. Like oh, geez. Fever hitting hit. And I, I normally just didn't have buck fever, but it, it just, it got on me. So, you know, just awful. And I couldn't find a deer in the scope at all. Like I, I was just, I was just a wreck. So I, I actually had to put the gun down. Like I put the gun on my lap. He was still closing distance. I didn't pay attention to him. I said, I'm going to let him get, you know, as close as he can get. Before I even look up, I'm going to pull the gun up put it on the front shoulder and I kept talking to myself like that's what I'm gonna do. I wasn't even looking at the buck. And I threw up when he got to about uh 35 yards. And this is like I said, this is about a 185, you know, one one ninety class buck. And he got to within about oh. 30 yards. And I pulled I had a, I was shooting a uh, uh Remington um uh gosh it was the uh 7400 270. And I threw it up and I had, I was confident in my gun, everything. Like it, none, none of that was, nothing was an issue other than just me. I threw up, I put the gun up on, on, on the, uh, on front shoulder and I killed that doe. She dropped right there in the creek, like literally five yards in front of him. Oh man. And he trotted down, <laughs> he bolted out up the bank went and took off. And that was the last I ever saw of him. We never saw him again. Oh my God. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, what, wow. So what, like, what are immediate thoughts when that happens? What in the H E double L did I just do? I mean, literally <laughs> I'm crying. Like I cannot believe <laughs> just what I did, it, you know. The, the doe was legal. It was it was either sex hunt on this location. You could hunt a, a you kill a buck or a doe a day, so it didn't really matter. You know, the the doe was just not what I was after. <laughs> you know, at that yeah. Point time. And I, I really I'm I'm replayed it in my mind over and over again, and it, it I guess taking my eye off the buck just. It ended up costing me because she closed the distance to him. And when I popped up, I didn't even look. I just looked for fur, I guess. I mean, I don't really know exactly what what was going in my mind at that point in time. But she dropped right there in the creek, and he basically made three bounds and was gone. Holy and, cow. And nobody ever – nobody killed him. He, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the next year somebody found him dead. And uh, I think the next year was the last year that 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 place was actually available to hunt. And he was like a, I want to say he was over 200 inches, maybe or close to it. And they found wow. like 
So they found his dead head, I think, the, like I said, the, the, next, the following season. It was close to or something like that. But yeah. But yeah, that was that one has lived with me forever just because I I I, I made the shot, but just in my you know, confusion, fog of whatever, just shot the wrong wrong deer, you know. So so the immediate thoughts is, you know, what the H E double hockey sticks did I just do? And you like you said, you know, you like you, I believe you said you started like crying, like yeah. after that, correct? I literally did. Yeah, I literally like started started crying. I was like, I cannot. I a mad cry, like just anger, like frustration, just frustration. You know, just setting in. Like I cannot believe, you know, that that I just did that. You know, and then my buddy, you know, came up and, I mean, he was literally, you know, he was hunting right behind me, maybe forty yards facing the other way to what we're setting the bend of creek. So he watched it all go down um, from his vantage point. He was up in a climber looking up the creek. The creek made a bend, and, and he was sitting around that bend, and he watched everything go down. And he's like, I had my, you know, I had the, the I had the, he said he had the buck in the scope. And he said, the you know, when the doe fell, when he looked up, you know, when he, I guess figured out what had happened. The buck was completely gone, so he couldn't get a shot off of the buck either. You know, jeez, oh, Pete. You know that kind of that direction either. But he was just watching everything go down, and he, had, he couldn't believe it either. You know. So, he so he, in the world, did you do? Why did you kill the doe? You know, I was like, I wasn't. I wasn't what I was going for, but you know, I knew if I ever pulled up the scope and put it on the horns or anything to identify it that that would be it you know i would i would probably go back into my the buck fever and just shake to death you know Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i'm not too i'm not too proud to admit that that was the worst the worst thing that's ever happened to me as far as as far as missing deer is is, was doing that by far so when, when you when you think back about that like up until that point like like you have this history with this deer obviously you jump at the season before like what what was what was prep work like during that season for you like including you know include including the use of your weapon uh like what like what was prep work like for you if uh during that time i mean i had shot i had that year i'd already killed a couple of deer with that gun you know so um i normally shoot I would say at that time I was probably not as dedicated to practicing ahead of time as I am now. That taught me a lot about doing that, just shooting periodically throughout the year. Uh, I tend to do that a lot more now uh, just to get that, you know, that repetition that, you know, that you can make the shot. Um, So it wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't being a student of the game in that respect, the way I should have, mm-hmm. but I was still, I should have made that shot. You know, there's just no reason. It was just my absolute nerves, um, having a, a, a buck that size, um, within that range. Cause I mean, it was, it, you know, 35 yards, that's, you know, mm-hmm. really close for a buck that, 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 um, of that magnitude to be that, you know, that close to. And oh, I think, yeah, it is used to that at all, you know, so, um, 
but yeah, that it was, uh, it was crazy, but, uh, I've learned from that for sure. I, I don't know that it's made any difference. I've still missed, missed my share of deer too since then, but none that I've made that big of a calamity out of, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like you, 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 you miss it. Like you said, you have the emotions and the thoughts afterwards, and it sounds like like you knew exactly what was going on with you during that time. It was buck fever. Did did it uh, did it affect your hunting abilities in any way? Like, did you did you start like did it ruin hunting for you in any way during the rest of that season or or moving forward? Yeah, yeah, I never got over it that season. No, I mean it took the wind out of my sails big time. You know, and I still think. I still think that, um, and that really wasn't even a miss. That was a kill that wasn't intended. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I made the shot that I, I, I made, but I could not get over the fact that I just completely uh, like blanked out, you know, and it, it really, it did, it affected me. So that one wasn't so much a miss as it was just a, an absolute uh, crunch time blunder, you know, mm -hmm. and missing them if you miss it's almost like you can um if i miss one i almost write it up like thank goodness i didn't you know i didn't wound the animal you know it was it was my mistakes you know this this and this you know but this one i actually followed through on the shot and made a good you know killing shot but the whole process before that i just completely screwed up you know um so it really it it it, it it ate at me that entire season. Like I just, I, I didn't have any desire to even, uh, yeah. I mean, I, ba I think I basically quit at that point in time. Um, we were, I think that was like, might've been the week after, I think it was the week after Christmas. It was the, uh, I think it was a Saturday before New Year's Eve or something like that. And okay. so we went to go, you know, in season. And I, I don't think I hunted a day after that. <laughs> So we had the day the next day to come back and hunt, and I didn't. I, I we I stayed in camp. I remember that much. I was mm -hmm. just hanging uh, out, you know. So, so do you, like you said, like this? This is like you're distraught at this point. Do you begin questioning yourself and the things that you've like you've learned and how you how you've been doing up until that point? Uh, I felt. I didn't lose confidence in what I was doing. I let, I felt confident. I lost all the confidence I had in myself to, to close the deal for that period of time. You know, mm -hmm. like it mm -hmm. took, it took to the next year, uh, next, the next year in, in, in both season, I killed a buck and I had already missed, missed a doe in both season. And I almost just, you know, after that, I was like, I can't, I don't know if I can do this anymore. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then thankfully I just kept plugging at it in the next, the next weekend I killed a buck with a bow, um, a small buck, but it was still, you know, that got me over the hump. But until that point in time, you know, I think if I hadn't have, if I haven't, if I hadn't have gotten past that and killed that buck with my bow, I don't know, you know, where I would be, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, I, I don't, you learn a lot from failures, uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's trusting that that failure is not going to be forever, you know, like mm -hmm. that's, you know, it gets in your head. Um, and it definitely got in my head and I like I said, I was a young hunter, so I didn't have the 
you know, the 25 years of, of hay, this is going to be okay to, to, to pull along. I had like seven or eight years of, of hay, this is going to be okay. You know, so every deer to me at that point in time was like, you know, this might be the last one, you know, like, yeah, you know, so you just, you don't get that many chances. And now, you know, looking back on it, it was just, it was, it was probably the best thing for me at that time, you know? So, so, so what did like course correction for this look like for you between seasons? So, I mean, like, did you, like, did you do anything personally? Did you like reflect on it? Like, did you do start like doing anything differently and say, saying to yourself, like, I've got to do this differently. So this doesn't happen again. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I really did. Um, I still had turkey season. I remember hunting that turkey season. And it affected me then during turkey season because I, I was just thinking that this is, you're replaying it again in your mind. Uh, I remember it bothering me then. But then it seems like when I got to summertime and I started back in the routine of started scouting and stuff like that, it kind of fell up, fell, fell away. I kind of, kind of put it out of my mindset. But, you know, as far as correcting it, it I really didn't set hold to correct it until I missed that doe with the bow like that was mm-hmm. like I, it, you know like it's the same thing again you know and i literally because i'm sitting there when i i remember i remember the boat the the doe too because uh, i'm sitting there thinking i'm about to miss this doe and she was you know broadside at like 30 yards and i remember after i missed her i was like i, I almost wanted to miss her you know, like I had told myself, you're going to miss this though. And I sure enough, that's what happened. You'd already and, convinced yourself of it. Yeah, I'd already convinced myself because of what happened before. And so then the next time, like that was it. Like I can't, you know, I said the next, I don't care what it is that comes out next. It's I'm killing it, you know? And, you know, I had, I had to just mentally, you know, like say that to myself as that buck was coming up the next weekend. And mm-hmm. I'm, shot on him and that was you know that was kind of a turning point you know so sometimes you can you know it, it sometimes it's success that knocks you over the the edge you know i had the same thing this year i missed a deer you know um early season during bow season and you know it it kind of ate at me a little bit and um i learned real quick I can't let it, I can't let one miss early season just completely derail the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, so absolutely. That that's what can happen real quick because it gets in your mind, it stays there. You know. Well, and especially like you said, when you're a young hunter and you don't have the years of experience where this happens, uh, and you know, part of the reason I I wanted to do this podcast is for guys who who contact us who are younger hunters who are like. You know, they get so hyper-focused on on those, like, big monster deer, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But it, but a lot of times, it, it's like they, they feel like abject failures because they're not getting on this stuff or they're not doing the things that they, they feel like they should be doing. And it's like, man, this is a, this is a part of learning. And, and, like, when you're young like that, like, you, you, miss, you miss a big buck like that, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's, it's devastating. Like, don't get me wrong. But you also, like you said, this year you, you know, you shoot and miss a buck and it's, it's your mind snaps back into a place of like, okay, I know what I need to do here now versus allowing this to like ultimately affect the rest of my season moving forward. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. 
definitely. I mean, that's what it takes, you know, like if my advice to any new hunter, uh, this just turned out, you know, because this was kind of what, it was kind of what a, a mentor of mine told me um, when I first started going, but first started hunting, but I didn't really, uh, it took me a couple of years to really understand and really kind of put it into practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, was to, he's, he was basically like, if it's a legal deer, you need to kill it. Uh, if you, if you, if it's something that unless you're hunting somewhere where, you know, it's, it, but if it's a legal deer, kill as many as you can, you know, yeah. I know that sounds, um, negative in a way or sounds, you know, like something not to do, but we always want to be kind of, um, specific when we're picking the deer we we harvest but when you're a new hunter it, it's that learning that you can kill that that helps when that big buck comes up because then you're absolutely like, I have this database of just knowledge that i can make the shot and i can do this you know and i had i had at that time i had seven years i had killed my you know a, a good many deer but i just i you know it, it it was I hadn't had that many really big deer in front of me, you know. Yeah. And so that, it was more that than anything it was just the size of that deer just completely unraveled me. And and I think the anticipation too, like I think um, what I do now is, and this is something that I've learned, is I had I had built that that buck up, and we knew the buck was in there. We had seen it. We knew how big it was. We knew all the you know. So it was almost like we built, I had, I had in my mind built an anticipation, you know, for that buck, you know, and I made the buck bigger than the hunt was, you know? Yep. And so when that, when he showed up, it was like, I don't know what to do. I haven't had, I haven't actually prepared for this moment. I've just anticipated seeing him. Whereas now I, I almost visualize, I'm sorry, can you hear that? No, you're all right. I can't. Uh, we got in the background, so <laughs> I think my daughter's bouncing the basketball here. So I don't, <laughs> not, but um, so now I think what what I do and and seems to help has helped me a lot. Um, not saying it, ha- it it does has still happened, but um, I try to visualize. You know, like when I'm scouting and I'm out there hunting or anything like that, when I'm in the woods, like I scout and I visualize where the buck would be. I did the same thing when I'm hunting. When I sit down and I sit in my stand, I try to visualize the buck coming through, where he's going to come through at, and I try to visualize harvesting that buck. And that seems to help a lot more. When I don't do that, it seems like if I have an encounter, things just, you know, it's like I'm trying to work to put everything back together. Where if I put that visualization in, and then I make the shot or I get that opportunity. It's like I've already I've already kind of put all the pieces together, you know, and now I've just got to finalize that final piece, you know. I, I agree with you 100%, and I think that's something that a lot of guys miss on is that, and this, this isn't sounding like, like you're, you're overly confident. It's, it's you visualizing, okay, if the buck comes from here, Here's what I can do, and I can make that shot. It's not this buck's going to stop right here, and I'm going to shoot an arrow, and it's going to go, you know, 20 yards and fall over. 
It's like being confident in your ability that you have because you've practiced, you've done the things that you needed to in order for when that comes through. Because when you don't do those things, like, you know, you hear about a lot of guys where it's it's like everyone I feel like gets a decent sense of buck fever. And yeah. but there's there's buck fever and then there's panic. And and when there's a very big difference, because if you have that buck walk in front of you or doe or whatever, and you like haven't thought about like what you're going to do in that situation, then panic starts setting in because you're there was never a plan and your brain is starting to realize this all at once. And like anxiety just fills the vacuum at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, that, that it, you're you're spot on with that. It's that it's you know it's it's not that I'm I'm visualizing my you know it's just that I, I'm putting all of those steps in place in my mind ahead of time so that when the buck does show up, I'm I've already know the steps to take like I've already done them in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, whenever whenever you don't do that, like if I if I go out and hunt somewhere and I have not put those visualization and have not built those those uh, moments already in my head then if i do have an encounter and i have an opportunity it seems like i'm rushing to get all those you know pieces together at that last moment and and sometimes that comes back to to to, you know to to really bite you it doesn't matter how many times you've done it it's just you have to get in that routine of this is what works for me and when you don't it really throws everything off you know Exactly. It allows you to slow down when you can visualize that kind of stuff. I explain it to people like it's like if you're going down the highway and the speed limit is 60 and you go, you're going 70, you're only going a little over the speed limit and you can still understand like, OK, I'm in a routine. I've done this before versus when you and if someone gets in front of you, you know, you can stop and like you have enough time to stop. Versus when you're going 90 down that same highway because you're thinking, I need to get somewhere like real quick and someone pulls in front of you. It's immediately like you've never planned for that situation because someone has now done something that has thrown a wrench in anything that you thought was possible. Yep. Oh, that's, that's, that's exactly it. It's just that, that, you know, the, the fear of the unknown, you know, if you yes, can- yes. You, know, you can play it on your head, then it's not un- unknown anymore. It's something you've you visualized yourself doing, and that's you know I played sports, and that's what my coaches and you know my dad played sports, and he would he would tell me you know visualize what you're going to do before it happens. That way, when it happens, you're prepared for it. You know, so that's that's definitely exactly it. You know, hey guys, Rick here from the Mobile Hunter Podcast, and I'm here to tell you about one of our sponsors, Saddies LLC. Custom Ammunition and Gunworks. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads that have been putting down deer, waterfowl, and turkey all year long. The Saddies Fatty, the turkey load that we use, can stop a bird dead in its tracks. Check them out at saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com. Or on Facebook at Saddies LLC and tell them the Mobile Hunter Podcast sent you. So you bring up a good point, though, with this, and you mentioned it just a second ago is that you start this process in visualizing when you're scouting. So can you say a little bit more about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I go in, like, my scouting process, um, 
it's probably a little bit kooky to some people. Um, when when I'm out there, like if I'm if I'm scouting and I'm I'm scouting to find the spot, the spot within the spot, mm-hmm. um, that I'm looking at where like at once. Let's say I picked my my the tree that I'm gonna. I'm going to pick, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is going to be my shooting tree. This is going to be where I harvest from. And I have that confidence. I'm probably going to sit at the base of that tree and visualize every track, every possible conceivable way that a buck can, can navigate within me, you know? Um, and, I, and, and that way, when I, when I come back in the morning or come back three days later, or a week later, whatever it is, I'm coming back in there to try to hunt. Um, I've played all those possibilities out in my head, you know, and that way nothing is, 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 is left up to just chance, you know, like I've already played out all visualizations. It helps me pick the spot too, because there's times I've sat down in a tree that I thought immediately, this is where I'm going to kill from. And then I just can't visualize that buck coming through there, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't put him there when I'm there. So I'm moving on to somewhere else. And so I may move to a, a completely different location and sit down there and it may not look, it may not be as perfect as the other one was, but I can visualize that buck coming through there, you know, and I, I've taken a lot of deer, you know, just by doing that, just, you know, going off of one spot that just didn't have that feel and I can't visualize it moving on to the other one. And, 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 and there's the spot, you know, Absolutely. Well, and that, that's, that's your brain like sitting there saying to you, it's like, something's not right with this. Like yeah. all, all, all the information that you've acquired over the years is like saying like something, something does not feel right about this. You need to, you need to kind of check somewhere else. And it doesn't mean that that's not the best spot for that yeah. area, but it might, there might be a better area for you to be going to, or a better tree to be sitting in it at, at that point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, I mean, that, and, and when you have confidence you know in your spot it, it just it bleeds over to the confidence and you're able to take that shot you know because you can visualize all of the parts at that point in time you know so they all fit in up in that in that box that you need to take you know it's just your toolbox you know mm-hmm. you gotta take well you take your bow you take your sticks you take your climber you take whatever with that that visualization and that that um you know that that point is just another tool in that toolbox you got to carry in the woods with you yeah absolutely man absolutely so like if you had a p like if you have a piece of advice from from that situation like going kind of back to that hunt like what what was the one like you know this you said this happened 95 96 so we're talking uh uh you know almost 30 years ago at this point like what 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 is a piece of advice that you can give to people or our listeners now that you learned from that that you have applied over a, this longer period of time um not to leave not to mentally check out of the situation um cuz that's what i did um that was my way of getting through the buck fever was to mentally just completely check out of the situation. And when I re-entered the situation, um, I was calm, but I wasn't focused because okay. I had 
checked out. I was cal- I had calmed myself down, but I wasn't focused at that point in time. I was just trying to complete the process, and my focus wasn't on the the deer I was actually wanting to take it, but it had dropped off completely. I'd calmed myself down, but I wasn't I wasn't focusing. So don't ever mentally just check out of the situation. I've done that a couple. It, that I mean, that's not the only time I've done it. That's just the most memorable time where I've had to do that, and it cost mm-hmm. me a buck. You know? So don't ever check out. Um, you know, I would I would tell anybody to try to, like I said, that, be, that visualization, even when you're in the off seat, learn not to check out of situations. There's really no, there's there's not, there's not a way to put yourself in that fight or flight position to where you can practice this you know so it's something that you only learn from in that moment you know so my 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 biggest advice to myself then was i can't ever just completely walk away mentally from that situation and then enter it again you know like that's really what screwed me up so don't ever just completely lose focus of what you're trying to do just Focus on your breathing, you know, focus on something completely out, completely, you know, biological, meaning. Yes. Focusing on my, my breathing or I'm focusing on, on calming my heart rate down or something like that. And keep your eye on, you know, keep your focus on what you're trying to harvest and don't take your focus off of that, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, be, being mindful like that's a huge thing. And you know, especially when you're in the middle of a situation like that, like it's, it's so easy to get ramped up so quickly. You know, one of the things that I tell people is when you, when you're in situations like that, exactly, you cannot prepare for it, but you can practice other things during that time that will at least kind of prime the pump for you. So like when you're in the woods like that, you know, focus on the things around you when you're in that spot within a spot, take the time, take it in, you know, look around, make like, be mindful of like all the different things, because not only is that helpful in scouting, because it's going to make you kind of pinpoint on stuff, but it helps you kind of like, you know, we, in psychology, we talk about state dependent learning. So like, if if you're in a situation that is high anxiety or high stress, um, like it, it's, it's helpful sometimes to be in that same situation when you're not that same place when you're not like that. So your body and your mind can be in a healthy spot. So when you are in there, you you can say like, I've been here before, like literally I've been in this spot before and all I have to do is just slow myself down. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is it. Exactly. And, and for, you know, for me, you know, there, there's certain things that give me, you know, like I've learned now, like over the years that me shooting freehand is just a recipe for disaster. You know, Mm -hmm. I just can't do it, you know? So I've learned that I have to carry a shooting stick with me or I have to find something to, and as long as I do that, like that's my process, you know? Yeah. And that, that's what gives me that confidence. So sometimes it's something as simple as that. And when I don't have it, I don't have the confidence, you know, it, it, if I'm having to shoot freehand, sometimes I just, I just, I let it go. So I've, I've not, not missed deer, but I've let deer go because I know 
me shooting freehand at a running deer is just not going to work, you know? Absolutely. You learn what you can and can't do and don't try to do the things you, you know you, you can't do, you know, proficiently. Yeah. Knowing your limits. It's a huge yep. part of it. Yep. Good yep. deal. Good deal. So you said there was another, another one as well. Yeah, I had one, <laughs> I had one <laughs> uh, about 10 years after that on another, another uh, piece of, of public ground. And this was when I was, um, I had, I had moved, moved to a one side of the state to the other. And I started hunting this, this uh, piece of public and had a, again, a buddy that, that kind of lived in that area at that time, kind of, I had no, I had, I had never hunted this, this area before, but for a couple of years, he had had, you know, a buck he was after, you know, and so we started hunting this buck and he's like, I'm, you know, I think buddy system hunting this buck is going to be a lot better than, 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 uh, than trying to just me kill it, kill it by myself. So, you know, I know, you know what you're doing, you know, come in here and let's, let's see if we can kill this buck. And sure enough, you know, both season we hunted it. I mean, it was a really good deer. It was, it, you know, for that area, it was a 130, 140, you know, somewhere in that range. Um, and so we, we hunted it during both season. Um, and this was when trail cameras were starting to kick in. So we had it on trail camera. We, we got it. I want to say my buddy got a shot at it, or maybe he he drew on it and and, and couldn't make the shot or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he'd had more run-ins with it than I had, and it was it basically bedded in this in this pine thicket. Um, it's probably about a thirty-five or forty-acre pine thicket with a little SMZ, and it got to be gun season. They had a couple of gun hunts and I think it was the, the next to last gun hunt. I think we had five on that. Is it four or five? And mm-hmm. this was one of the fourth one. I can't remember. Um, but the next to last and last Sunday and we had had to went and check the trail camera and the day before that Friday, um, the buck had come in there on this. It was on a little logging road. And the buck had come through and it had um, hit the scrape, uh, you know, early in the morning. It was daylighting, you know, about 30 minutes after daylight, an hour after daylight, something like that. So we decided just to basically kind of, he get up high and I'd get low on that Saturday. And we would kind of get up uh, on each end of this SMZ. It was a pretty long SMZ. It's probably 500, 600 yards long. He would get up high and I'd get up, get, go down to the bottom, uh, and kind of tag team this SMZ and hope this buck come out one way or the other, you know, cause there mm-hmm. was no group that kind of was hanging out in that area. Um, and they were running the ridge tops and kind of running down the spine of it. And that buck was down in that thick SMZ and we, um, it ended up working, um, uh, that morning, uh, my thermals had had rose into that uh, um, SMZ and the buck popped out, but he couldn't get a shot off at it. Uh, so we switched uh, the following day, and I set up high and he sat down low. And it, the way it was working out that day, the conditions, um, we didn't think the thermals were going to work. 
uh, or the wind or, you know, we, we just didn't have a high confidence that day. It was like a dreary day. There wasn't a whole lot of wind or anything. We were like, it's, this is probably not going to be a day that this buck is going to, is going to sneak out of this SMZ. So he said, you know, lunchtime when I get down, we'll, we'll swap positions and I'll walk up the bottom and try to walk my way up the bottom of this SMZ and maybe try to push him out your way, you know? And uh, I was like, that, you know, that's cool. Like, you know, that, I'm all for that. You know, let's get him yeah. out of there. Else we'll bust him out. We might can relocate him somewhere else the next, that afternoon. So he starts working up through the bottom of this little SMZ. And he's about, about 600, 700 yards below me. And all of a sudden I hear the buck. Um, he is on the ridge across from me and he's coming out of the SMZ and he's about to hit the little um, fire break that I'm on. Mm -hmm. And he pops out at about 80 yards and I'm already ready. Like I could see him coming through the brush and I'm already up. I'm sitting in a climber. I've got everything. Everything is perfect. And he gets out, I put it on his shoulder, and at the last minute, like I'm literally squeezing the trigger and this deer is turning. Like oh, I mean no. personally, like while I'm squeezing, I can see him turning. And I, I the trick of course, boom, it goes off. I see like stuff just going every which way. Like I'm looking through the scope and I see, you know, I thought it was hair. I'm like I don't, I don't know where I don't know if I hit him in the mouth, I hit him in the face, I hit him somewhere. You know, I don't know exactly, you know, what what happened here. And I realized shortly thereafter, I'm like, he ran off. I'm like, there's all sorts of fur or something down there. You know, like I don't know exactly what went on. Um, but I had I had this was the first time I had ever like taken a camera. And I used uh -huh. to do photography. So I had set up my, um, I had a, oh gosh, it was a, it was a Canon Mark five or something. I forgot what it was. And I set it up on video mode and put it right in that, you know, just, I knew that's where it was coming before he come up. I'd set it up and gotten everything ready. I've still got the video footage on another, on another, uh, on my, uh, old computer. Oh, so we get back, we get back home, you know, like we left cause it started raining. Um, we couldn't find any blood. Uh, we get back, he gets up there. We look at it and I'm like, start looking on the camera. I'm like, what happened? Like you couldn't really tell, you know, I had it zoomed in as close as you could, but it just looked like something blew up. He's like, well, let's just go down there. And this is what I was going to say that wouldn't it, we didn't, we got down there and there's no, like we hit the trail where the, I saw the deer walk back and we're walking up and I'm like, there should be blood here, you know, cause we mm -hmm, see something, mm -hmm. you know, should be, there's nothing. We get there and it is a pile of horn. I oh shot my God. Off. Like both <laughs> completely sheared off. Uh, there's a, a main beam, half a main beam, you know, there's another main beam laying over here. Um, there's just, but there's, there's horn parts everywhere, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 
And he is literally the, the dude is like, I mean, he got, he, he literally stormed out of the woods. He left. I, I, he never, I, he never would hunt with me again. Really? Yeah. He completely like, he, it, it made him, cause he'd been after this deer for like three years, you know, and he was just mad. You know, he was just, I can't believe it. I brought you, you know, did this. I'm like, man, I didn't, you know. So we, we go back and we look at the footage. Like I, I take it home. I put it on my computer. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but before the, as the deer was turning, I shot. Mm -hmm. No, if the, if it deflected or if I just made, just pull the shot one way or the other. But as soon as the deer like turned its head, boom, it's going to go off. Like it just blew them right off and it spun around. And so you know, I went in there like the next day um, and hunted just to make sure that it didn't get, you know, like I went and looked for the deer just in case, you know, maybe that's, I mean, you shoot a deer's horns off. It's like, there's got to be some damage up there, you know. Oh, that's yeah. It split the skull or something like that. And the deer, you know, passed away, you know, or, or expired, you know, somewhere in there. So the next day I just, I scouted the whole area out, grid searched everything, didn't see anything. Uh, couldn't find any blood, nothing. So I guess it was probably um, maybe a month later, he finally called me. He's like, hey, I went in there and pulled the camera. That deer's back, you know, but his horns are blown off, you know. He apologized for how he was acting, but we never hunted again. That was just, that was just it, you know, like, for <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happened, but. You know, it was just one of those things. So yeah, I, I, that one stuck. That one has stuck with me forever. And I have, you know, I know that I probably just pulled the shot. You know, looking at the camera because it definitely things things in that at that point in time with that did not go down the way that I visualized in my mind. You mm-hmm. know, so the way that I had things visualized that camera said something completely different happened, you know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, I mean, po- post, post that situation, like, like you said, this, this one's 10 years later, you're like, you're, you're filming a hunt at, at this point. Did you, like, did you feel any e- extra pressure or anything like with the camera being there? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I mean, it was like we were, you know, me and him had talked about it. It was going to be, we're going to get this deer on camera. And, you know, that was the first time I had carried the camera. Um, So we had kind of, he had kind of filmed a little bit during bow season, but I didn't get to bow hunt that much. I was working. So, you know, I think probably it did. Like I was focused on the camera. Like, like I remember seeing the deer running i'm like i gotta get him right in this little opening here and when he stopped there i zoomed in on him you know then i went back to my process of trying to shoot and so the picture that i was seeing happened wasn't what you know was wasn't what was going on it was something completely off i think just because my my um i i didn't i didn't calm myself down i didn't get back in the moment you know like it was mm-hmm. all, I got to get this now. I've got to shoot, you know, and then I, that's all I did, you know. So I just, I just sped everything up at that point in time and never really got back in the moment, you know. 
Man. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you when you're in those situations, it feels like it's an eternity too. Like yeah. like that you, that you don't have you don't have any time, but then you realize like when you go back and look at it, you had basically all the time to do it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. Because when I look back at it now, that deer was that deer had no clue. You know, I was there. He was he had basically ran and gotten to a point where he was basically like, okay, I'm calm now. You know, like I'm out of the woods, I'm out of the weeds now. Like whatever spooked me out of there, I'm safe now. So he was calming back down and probably would have just made another, you know, walk down the the road to me and I probably could have made a better shot. But I was just in such a such a moment of camera got him in there. Now I gotta shoot him while while I got my camera on him, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. I just rushed everything, you know. So yeah, that's that's definitely one of those cases where I let my mind think about something else instead of harvesting that that buck, you know, making a, a much better shot, you know. But, yeah. That's definitely one that has stuck with me, you know, for a long time because it it it, it well, I mean, missed a blue horns off a really good deer. Yeah. Which, Kind of funny in a way, but kind of sad in another way. You know, it's just one of those things that just doesn't happen to many people, you know. But, you know, it's also sad in a way that I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't calm myself down and, and make a better shot, you know. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's good that you're, <clears throat> and again, like, it takes time to learn that stuff like and and you know we're we all we all have those mistakes and miss mishaps and and things of that nature but it's it's good that you that you learned it because now you know as we as we've talked about previously you know what you have to do in order to to execute oh yeah definitely 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 when you don't do it it, it comes back to about you know that's that's just the way it is and i've missed other deer you know i mean and and I can I can look at it and say, this is exactly you know like I can look at every miss that I've had and say this is exactly why because I didn't do these steps that I know to do, you know, in that moment. And mm -hmm. if you do those steps, you don't need to take that shot. You know, if that's what if that's what gives you the confidence to take the shot, and you have to put all those pieces together to do it. I would rather do that than not do that, possibly wound an animal or miss, you know. Absolutely. But when you're making that split second decision, it's a lot of times you your your reflex just takes over, you know, and, and mm -hmm. it overrides that that hey, you gotta do all this to get all this stuff in place to be able to take this shot properly. And and if you don't do that, you just need to not take the shot, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely people go off the rails and end up wounding deer missing or you know one or the other you know absolutely so if you have one piece of advice for our listeners uh from things that you've learned what would it be oh just um learn what gives you the confidence to make that shot like like i said i've learned what it takes for me and you, you need to 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 do that and put it in place and then understand when you don't put that in place, bad things are going to happen. Missing, wounding animals, 
things like that are going to happen to you when you don't do what makes you confident in the shot. Um, and just practice. Like, you know, I mean, I talk to everybody. I mean, I, like I said, I, I've talked to a bunch of hunters that have had this issue and it's not something that you can't get over, you know, so don't think that it's just that away forever, you know, but just don't beat yourself up um, when it does happen and just try to learn from it. You know, that's the biggest thing that you can really do. And like I said, just, just learn, figure out what, what gives you the confidence to be able to make that shot and just, and just put that into practice, you know, whether it be visual, visualizing, whether it be a set of steps, calming your breathing, you know, extra, extra, extra practice. I mean, all these things go into that, you know, and when you don't do them, it, it's when it comes back to haunt you. That it does, that it does. Well, let's, let's, let's close on that then. Shane, I appreciate you sitting down and uh, opening up about this. I know our listeners uh, appreciate it too, man. It's, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, I love listening to this from other guys because it provides such a wealth of knowledge. And even though it goes into a gut-wrenching thing, it, it, it provides some of the best lessons learned by hunters uh, that can be be out there. Oh, definitely, yeah. And, and I'm, uh, thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm glad, to, glad to share it. Hopefully, you know, help, help somebody. It definitely helps me to talk about it. So, And I, I'm not too big of a man to say that I've, I've screwed up my fair share. You know, so. <laughs> Good deal. Good deal, man. Well, uh, guys, this has been the Mobile Hunter podcast, the Anatomy of a Mist series. And tonight I was joined by Shane Parker uh, from November Warrior Outdoors. Shane, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. The best way you can support the podcast is by sharing online and with your buddies at Deer Camp. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and leave us a five-star review.